0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Sumner County High School football coaches show live from Demas' Restaurant here in Hendersonville. Another Wednesday night show. Greg Arias along with Zach Williams. And Zach, we are in week 11, officially week 10 as far as schedules go. Of course, everybody has a bye week during the course of the season, making it 11 weeks. But it's week 10 as far as games. The season, regular season, wraps up this Friday night, and It doesn't seem like we should have been through 11 weeks of football, 10 weeks of games, or nine, I guess, to this point in time with 10 coming up. Uh, it has flown by.
1: It, you know, it's it's like what we said at the beginning of the season when we first started the show, right? It was it it comes as quickly as it, or it goes as quickly as it comes, right? So, right. you know, just try to enjoy this last one. And we talked about too well, a few weeks ago. We said, oh, you know, it's been we've been really lucky with the weather. We talked about the bye week and the rain that hit and everything. Uh, that that luck is starting to uh, fade out very quickly. As Friday's forecast is going to be cold, yes. <laughs> very cold.
0: Well, as long as it's not rainy. Uh, at this point in time that would certainly uh be a help because uh, you know you you don't want to combine the two you've got people sitting out because i know people will still uh, go out to the football games and if not of course they can listen on whinradio.com but uh, people will be there you don't want to be cold and wet that kind of hurts attendance oh, numbers with some and so gonna lie, obviously I gonna we want as many people out as we can get for the <laughs> final games of the season regular season for everybody involved
1: i think it's i, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news but i think it's going to be rainy and cold <laughs> i don't it's not going to be it's not going to be as fun as everybody's hoping but you know it's. Still, it's going to be as you know the old saying. It's going to be football weather, right? It's going to be football weather through and through. It's going to be post Halloween as well. So uh, this this oh, we should have dressed up. This would have been the scary edition of. I've the got subject. on my mask. Oh well, there you go.
0: <laughs> I've had it on all season. I can't <laughs> scare anybody any worse than they've already been scared. Obviously, last week uh, a lot of good football played in Sumner County. Hendersonville bounces back, uh, gets a win mm-hmm. uh, for them at Rossview. Pope John at Centennial defeats them forty-one. 41- to seven. Uh, Station Camp, of course, continues to struggle with their season as does Westmoreland. Uh, White House got a big win, upsetting Montgomery Central last week. And then, of course, the the game that we talked a lot about last week, the undefeated battle. Beach with the win, 14-10 over Gallatin in that one. Beach wins the region, Gallatin the number two. Uh, And we move on to week 10 where there's some interesting matchups coming up this week. Uh, Beach at Hillwood. Glencliffe comes to Gallatin. The big one of the week you've got this week, Mount Juliet at Hendersonville, and that has all kinds of regional and playoff implications because the winner of that game wins the region. Should Mount Juliet win the game, they'll win the region. Hendersonville could fall all the way to third place. Should Hendersonville win the game, they win the region. Mount Juliet goes to second, and then the other third and four. Uh, teams have some things that can happen there uh, but basically it's a region championship game in week 10 Mount Juliet coming to Hendersonville then Wilson Central at station camp Pope John on the road to St. Benedict's Westmoreland host Cascade White House and Greenbrier in a rivalry game for them and Creekwood at Portland rounds out the Sumner County schedule for this week
1: yeah it's you know it, we talked about it a little bit we can kind of get into it but uh the entirety of the season has been a really strong season. It's felt, uh, but you look at the record ri- wise for majority of Sumner County, it's a, uh, it, 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 once again, it's the whole reading the scoreboard kind of thing. It's, it's looked like lax- lackluster, but the talent and the skill level of the Sumner County has been strong, but it really hasn't showed so much on the, on the record side.
0: Well, I've said this forever. Uh, I think if you took an all-star team, top 50 players from each county, In the state that you could take 50 kids from Sumner County and compete with anybody in the state, Mm -hmm. pulling them off of all of the schools in the county. I think that's uh, some people may disagree, but I think that's a statement that uh, we could certainly uh, I'd like to see if right. you could do something like that, that would obviously create another uh, four seasons of football to be played because there's 99 counties in Tennessee. <laughs> uh, and if you're taking 50 kids from each county, uh, obviously there's some small counties that might have only one school, like Trousdale, that wouldn't be able to be involved in that. But even if you took it and went Davidson County, Rutherford County, Williamson, Wilson, Sumner, the major uh, counties, Montgomery throw them in here around Nashville, I think that would be fun and I think Sumner County could compete.
1: Absolutely. 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 I mean, you see the talent, obviously Gallatin and Peach and what that game put in on Thursday night last week. And just you talk about two Rams just butting heads. I mean, that's what that game was. And it was it from from this side of the because obviously you were there at the game and, you know, calling it for Gallatin. But just from the outside's perspective of one, seeing both the teams play and seeing that the teams are good, they are, you know, they're, they're they're worthy of. Being the hype of that is, and, and that word hype, right? There's so much hype that goes into some games. This one, I think, actually really led and fed that hype and lived up to that hype because of how well. I mean, the game the game was just great all around. Uh, I know the Gallatin, the fan, local, or not locals, but Gallatin uh, loyalists probably didn't want that game to end the way it did, but it was still a great game uh, throughout the entirety of it and what you expected that game to be.
0: Well, and it's a game that we could see again in. Four more weeks, obviously week 10, week 11, uh, the 10th game of the regular season. Uh, Those two teams then could meet three weeks into the playoff at Beach should both teams win and get to that point. But, uh, uh, you know, if we're just talking about talent. uh, As I said, you can go down and look. I mean, there's Antoine Roberts at Pope John. Uh, There's – I can't – Roy White, is that the –
1: Roy White, and then you got uh, a – There's
0: several others. Those are just names that I can bring off the top of my head. You can also go over to Hendersonville and talk about Logan Spurrier and Brent Rowe and uh, Hohenbrink, I think, would be Mm -hmm. a a player there. And then you can go around the other schools in the county and find talent. And obviously, offensive linemen, a collection off all those teams. So, without spending too much time on how good we think Sumner County could be if you could (laughs) pick a top 50 players and go compete, Uh, But I think that, and I'll stand by that statement, I think they could certainly compete and and hold their own against any of the other uh, counties in the mid-state area. But with the games coming up this week and playoff implications, let's go through and kind of discuss where everybody is at this point. We'll start with Hendersonville. I mentioned that just a moment ago. You guys have a winner. You're in the playoffs. Yep. But you can be anywhere from first – to third, depending on when, obviously, your first place lose, and then you could be third, but for another game, if another scenario plays out, you could be second. So you really don't know, and there's a large margin in that because you, as I said, can go from first to third, which means you can be at home if you're first or second or be on the road at third, and obviously that's a huge difference. Plus, you play a little bit better competition if you're a third-place team, or even a second place team getting a third place team from another region uh, in that matchup.
1: It it really goes to show you how close it is right now. And and really, this was on the backs of Lebanon. Hendersonville kind of lucked into this one with that that three game threat uh, three game trip up they had, where they just were losing close ball games, couldn't close it out. And in a game where they should have beat Lebanon, they end up losing. But this is a game for Lebanon that kind of caused their in their scenario, that now they have to rely off a loss to move up. And Hendersonville just has to win. If they win, then they win the whole thing. They win the region championship, which, uh, you know, if just being honest, if you would have told me that two weeks ago, I wouldn't have believed it, right. just because of how the season went through. And but you know, this is this is high school football. It's it's anybody's game at any time. And Wilson Central got a huge win against Lebanon, a twenty-three to twenty-two win uh, over Lebanon that caused this situation. But luckily for the Commandos, as unlucky as they had been in that three-game tear, they finally got a good lucky win there that kind of moved their season more in a in a forward situation, which. Like I said, two to three weeks ago, I probably wouldn't have thought about this.
0: The main goal of the season is to get in. You get in, then all bets are off. It's a new season. You start forward. Uh, When we look further down the list of teams, station camp, of course, 0-9, perhaps staring 0-10, they'll host Wilson Central. Uh, They are eliminated from the playoffs. Coach Justin Geisinger is here. We talked to him a moment ago. Pope John, by virtue of their loss to MUS a couple of weeks ago, even though they bounced back with a big win last week, they too are eliminated from the playoffs because of the change. It used to be everybody in their division went to the playoffs. Now they've changed it, only taking four of the six on each side of the bracket, and so Pope John out because of that. This season, then Westmoreland White House also out of the playoffs will finish their seasons this week. Portland, they've got a game against Creekwood, who's the number one seed. If they lose, they need some help. Then they have to have Montgomery Central beat White House Heritage to get into the playoffs. Yep. If White House Heritage were to beat Central and Portland were to lose, Portland would be out of the playoffs if I'm reading the scenarios. So they still have a chance. Win, obviously, is the key for them. But right now we're looking at just four, three guaranteed are in. Beach-Henderson, or Beach-Gallatin, we knew that, obviously. Uh, And then Hendersonville, and then, of course, Portland having an opportunity. And I can't remember the last time, Sumner County, we only had four teams. Usually you've got five, six uh, sometimes seven and eight getting into the playoffs mm. in a particular season. So uh, from that standpoint, down a little bit perhaps this year.
1: Yeah, you know, it, and it it's, it's it's just surprising. It's it's a little surprising to see because really we've seen these games and we've seen these competition. And, and really, just as it is, you take station camp away from the record and it's a much better record, obviously, for right. what they put in. But it's just, as a whole, you, you, there's a ton of talent here. And even though it didn't turn out some teams not able to get into the playoffs as it is, but uh, still, I mean, wouldn't want to mess with any other team. In this, and I would put, like you said, I would put this this all-star team against any other all-star
0: team. So, so that is the playoff situation for Sumner County teams as we know it today. And... With that said, let's move forward. We've got four coaches here with us tonight, a couple from Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's get Coach James Beasley to come on in here first and talk to us. We'll get him uh, and split up these two Hendersonville coaches. Plus, I'm unfamiliar with the gentleman he's brought with him tonight. We'll get him to introduce his assistant coach there, Coach James
2: Beasley sitting down. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Doing good, doing sir. well.
1: I know y'all were probably out there paint, getting the field readied up, even though in this rain right now. Well, for we tomorrow. actually had to do that last night because oh, really? of the rain.
0: Oh. <laughs> Pushed everything up a uh,
2: week early or a day earlier. Yeah, I well, say. tomorrow's Halloween, so that's uh, true. We didn't we didn't want to get stuck out there. Plus, there's a chance of rain tomorrow, so we went ahead and got it done tomorrow uh, last night, and hopefully it doesn't fade away too much before w- Friday.
1: Well, speaking of rain. Uh, I'm, I feel like you're kind of glad that game wasn't at
2: Hendersonville last Friday.
1: <laughs> that field was uh, pretty torn up over at Rossview.
2: Yes, uh, uh, <clears throat> you know, it rained the whole the whole night. which uh, It only know, got stronger, too. <laughs> yeah, in the second half, it kind of cooled down a little bit, and it started coming down a little bit harder. But both teams had to play in it, and, you know, it's fun to play in those type of games sometimes, especially when you're like, a player. It's not as much fun as a coach on the sideline. But as a player, you know, it seems like – um, most people you talk to kind of remember some games like that that, that were that the weather wasn 't cooperating quite right, and it seems to be a little bit fun for him now Logan Spurrier
1: in that game, five touchdowns uh two hundred all purpose yards It was just a huge explosion from Spurrier, his biggest game of the season uh you know what was different for Spurrier out there? Did he just enjoy playing the rain? does he get his powers <laughs> from the rain?
2: It <laughs> yeah, wasn't that fun to watch him play i didn't even realize he had five touchdowns to the end of the night you know we I felt like we, we really uh, – the best we've done all season of distributing the football to all of our backs. You know, they all got touches. They all got chances and just happened to be. Um, when he got it, uh, he was able to find the end zone. So, the first, the first two times we got it, you know, they kind of gave some things to us early in the game. <clears throat> um, and we capitalized on them, which is, is a big part of it as well. But um, they were short drives. And uh, Spurrier took the ball and found the end zone. and got good blocking from uh, the guys up front uh the lineman and and also from uh the other the other halfback that was on the other side uh from where he was running the ball Isaiah Chandler mm-hmm. did, had some had some really nice uh blocks to help uh you know sometimes the running backs blocking for each other can turn a a 3 or 4 yard gain into a a 30 yard gain by their block so uh they they well, did a Well trust me job.
1: Joe was up there foaming at the mouth watching all the great
0: blocks that he had <laughs> going up there so. <laughs> Well, now – You mentioned the first two drive short fields. This game was over early, and I'll tell you a story on Zach and I here. Uh, I borrowed a cord from Zach for Thursday night for our game just to make sure that we had a backup situation in case something happened with our first two modes of communication to get the broadcast on the air. Well, I forgot to give it back to him Friday. (laughs) He forgot to call and ask for it. So at 6.30, I'm in downtown Nashville. Get a call from Zach. He needs this cable. So here I am in the rain, headed to Rossview on Friday night. <laughs> Were it not for traffic, I would have made it before kickoff. But I get there about 15 minutes after, pull up to the pass gate behind the home side, come running in, and it's already 14 to nothing. <laughs> so you guys took care of this one early because
2: it was over before I got there. Well, I don't think the game was over at that point. They got a good team, and uh, I know they got a big game. They're playing for a playoff spot this this uh, Friday night. Um, but yeah like i said the the wet conditions and 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 they gave us a couple of uh, of those things um as i mentioned you know people give you things all the time you got to take advantage of them you got to capitalize on them and we were able to do that to get the uh the two scores uh, right off the bat <clears throat> and then we settled down and and i felt like our kids played uh really high, uh, hard and inspired uh that night so
1: Well, you know, and Logan Sparrow, like you're saying, the two scores came off two carries from Logan Spurrier. It was that quick that they put up those points. Um, But this this was the first game, I, I said it on air, this was the first game of the season where it was total control for the commandos. Uh, you, now the scoreboard wise you could take it back to the Wilson central game that was thirty to nine in that one, but really it wasn 't until the second half where you saw uh the commandos take off a little bit more uh, but what was it do you feel like it was just a good matchup on the team, or do you think it was just anything different Or this was kind of the first game where you saw the the team everything just working pieces well together
2: yeah i think that I think the last is probably more than anything else we just you know we 've been we 've been working we 've been getting better all year <clears throat> i think it 's no secret about what we had last year and what we graduated last year so we had a lot of holes to fill especially up front and and we've improved I think throughout the season yeah um so um our the competition that we played against all year has helped us to get to that point as well and and you know they they just played played hard the other night
1: catching fire at the right time uh, and now tomorrow's—I keep thinking today's Thursday. Friday's game uh, obviously has gigantic implications now. With Lebanon losing the Wilson Central uh, Region Championship on the line against Mount Juliet, tell me a little bit about Mount Juliet.
2: Well, Mount Juliet is Mount Juliet. You know, they're, <laughs> they're a good team. How we did it, I know that's what he right, was right. <laughs> We've been in this situation for the past two years. This is this region's been together like this for. This is the third year, and the first. Two years, it came down to us versus Mount Juliet, the last game of the season for the region championship. It's doing the same thing again this year, and uh, the last two were on cold, rainy nights. <laughs> now it's not supposed to be raining, but it is supposed to be cold and wet this week. And they've gotten the better of us in those two games. You know, they they they, they were twenty had twenty something game winning streak uh, regular season going into this season. Um, so th- they got a really good team. They played a little bit tougher schedule. I think they did that on purpose to try to prepare themselves uh, for down the down the stretch of the season. Well, uh, you, you commandos as well, though. <laughs> yes, we we've done the same thing. But I, um, so th- they are uh, prepared, and and I know you know they got a good coaching staff. They always have their kids ready to play in uh, in all situations, and they're going to have that Friday night. We got to be ready, and it is a big game for uh, you know the winner's going to be number one. We know that for sure, and. Um. It, it, both teams ought to be excited to play in this game. <laughs> well, and
1: going back to last week, before you get into this week, uh, you you used a healthy dose. Of, I think it was about even snaps Hohenbrink to Manning. Is that going to be something we see going forward? Or what did you see that you got away from that? Uh, or what did you take away from those snaps splitting in that Rossview game?
2: Well, they're both, they both do some things really good for us. And they're both good leaders. And, you know, as the season's progressed, uh, Manning's... Done uh, a lot of things in practice really well to get a chance to get out there and play some, and he's going to play some.
1: And his throwing ability obviously was uh, was shown out. One of the uh, touchdowns for Logan Spurrier, 50-yard touchdown to Spurrier. Uh, or, sorry, that wasn't Spurrier. That was Ellis Ellis. Ellis Ellis. Uh, but it was where, and also a guy, Ellis Ellis, that you see his athleticism. He goes up and mosses one of the Rossview players and just – Pushes him down to the ground, takes off with the touchdown. Uh, you know, Manning, talk a little bit more about just how he's grown so far in the system and now getting this chance.
2: Manning, Manning is one of those kids that you just love to coach because he's gonna do everything he can to get better every single day. And uh and so that's what's gone on with him is is his he's just he works. And he works at whatever he's asked to do. He's gonna he's gonna try to perfect it the best he can. And and um so with that being said as he's worked through he played in JV games uh all year that we that we had and and he continually got better and continually ran offense uh, during practice better and better each week and the kids listen to him and respond to him and we just feel like uh, when you got somebody like that that they probably deserve a little bit of uh, a chance to play and uh it's it's nothing to do with our other quarterback he's doing a fine job as well leading the team but um Houmaunbrink can do some things really well in our offense, and and Manning can do some things really well in our offense. So we feel like uh, the combination of the two gives us uh, the best chance to win right now. Health
0: wise, I've got to ask, how are you out of Rossview last week, going into this big game this week?
2: Um, I mean, we're we're typical as a uh, uh, week eleven of a of a football season in high school. Mm-hmm. You got some some banged up players, but you know it's. Uh, we're we're pretty healthy. We we got a couple kids that uh, are out this week, and and you know, but and we got a couple that we had to hold throughout practice this week to so that they'll be able to play on Friday. But you know, overall we're we're as healthy as anybody else is at this point, I think. And our kids have been excited for practice. They know they know what this game means, and and uh, hopefully we go out and we, we play as hard as we can on Friday.
1: Did bring in Manning on so many splits or uh, uh, splitting the snap counts uh for Hohenbrink, i noticed him on defense playing with more energy has he have you seen a difference in him just as he 's played being split in snaps i mean it seems like he 's playing stronger to my to from what i 'm seeing
2: well i mean <coughs> I guess you know maybe competition brings out the best in everybody right mm. You ever get back there and feel comfortable in a particular situation and and uh you, you kind of take some things for granted, so maybe um he feels like there's some competition all the way around and he wants to show that he can play well uh, in any position we put him but he's a, he's a good player i mean yeah. drew's a good player uh offensively at quarterback defensively we got him playing at the end and linebacker a little bit so he, he's done a good job. I think he had two sacks the other night. Two Rossby. sacks, two
1: forced fumbles, I believe, too. Yes. So yeah.
2: that's that was nice to see and impressive. Well, his
1: size just alone. I mean, it doesn't, you, know, be, you, he's you don't even have to young be a good man. player. Yeah. It's just the size alone. Well, Coach, thanks for coming in for us. And then uh, we'll go, oh, go Before ahead.
0: you get out of here, because I'm unfamiliar with your assistant coach here, and I don't want to sound... Dumb, asking him his name. Go ahead and introduce him, and we'll get him up here in a few minutes to talk to us. But who'd you bring with you
2: tonight? Well, uh, we brought uh, Coach Mike Flat here with us tonight. He um, he's our freshman coach, and then he's been helping since their season's got over. He comes up and helps with the uh, offensive line, defensive line. He was, uh, I believe, in all state football player for the Commandos in 2001. 2001. Yep. And, uh, and I knew him. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> and helped that team that uh, got to the state championship in, in 5A, the highest class in, in Tennessee football. Um, and At got, the time, Yeah. Right. Got beat by um, uh, Riverdale in that game. But – um, I think they ended up thirteen and two that year, and he was a big part of that team. And I remember the name; I just <laughs> I don't think I've ever met him
0: before. And <laughs> before he to, it came to sit down at the table, I didn't want to be sitting here going, "Okay, who is this gentleman?" <laughs> That's why I wanted to ask that question. And we want to so. make sure
2: everybody uh, invited out to come Friday night, um, Memorial Stadium, Region Senior Four Six A, Region. Mm-hmm. Uh, Championship on the line, so it ought to be an exciting night over there, and also senior night, senior night as well. For <laughs> us, <laughs> couldn't, so. couldn't get, yeah. any,
1: literally, could not get any bigger of a night. Uh, I imagine there's a there's a, a website. Probably go to HHS Commandos Football on Facebook that you can get pre order tickets and things like that. Yeah, I think you're gonna, sell
2: them online, but
1: yeah, you're wanna, you want to you want to go and get your tickets right now. Just go ahead and get the tickets right now. Yeah, so that be way, a, it'll you, be a
0: good crowd for sure. Absolutely, no it's going to be a booming crowd. Thank you, sir, for yes, being sir. here with you, Thanks, with sir. us tonight. We appreciate it. We'll let you go get to your food. Let's bring Coach Guy Singer from Pope John over here. Get him uh, to talk a little bit about the nights. Coach Watson's got some food back there. He's working on. We'll let him uh, continue to eat that. Coach, you're not eating with us tonight, or did you get yours to go?
3: I've ordered it. It is coming. Oh, okay. It so that, that's
0: good. That worked out perfectly. That way, we'll let <laughs> Coach eat while you come and talk. Absolutely. Big win last night or last week, excuse me, for you guys, forty-one to seven, I believe, the final yes, over sir. Centennial. Yes, sir. Obviously the disappointment from the MUS game and not making the playoffs, but the kids at least came out and gave a great performance, a big win, and now you have an opportunity this week to travel to St. Benedict's.
3: Yeah, I mean, i am re- been real proud of our kids um, these past two weeks. Last week um, and this week of practice thus far, um, you know, knowing that, that we had two weeks left in our season, we had two weeks, and um, I think that says a lot about the character of the team and where the team's at and, um, you know, the culture of a program when they continue to play and have some of their better weeks of practice of the season as they continue to go, you know, knowing that they don't have the playoffs in front of them, but knowing that they have the opportunity to finish the season strong, you know, with a win this week, finish six and four, um, you know. uh, But, yeah, proud of them from the game last week. You know, it was sloppy conditions. Um, You know, we told them from the start of the game that, um, you know, a lot of times I believe the discipline is is the key to those games, the more disciplined teams, because a lot of times – the, I think that the, the playing field can be leveled out with conditions like that, and um, I think we we came on top. It was three to zero on the turnover ratio in our favor, and it was seven to one I think in penalties in our favor. So I think that showed um, you know a, a great deal of discipline from our kids and able to go out there in those conditions, take care of the football, not turn the ball over. Um, you know, fundamentals become very key, tackling, blocking in those conditions, keeping their feet, um, and just doing all the things their coach to do, and they did a great job.
0: Now, not to belabor the point, but for people sitting at home going, wait a minute, why are they not in the playoffs? Let's go back and explain this because prior to this season, everybody in your division made the playoffs. That Correct. was a change made between the end of last season and the first of this year. Yep. Only the first four on each side make the playoffs and that's why you're not playing in the playoffs this week as opposed right. to in the past for anybody that might not have known about that change like me
3: right so the, <laughs> the addition of Knoxville Catholic this year they split split into two uh two regions of six and six and us and NBA went west um with the four Memphis teams and um you know we were right there obviously right there um in, in several of those region games this year and knocking on the door and um, you know, have an opportunity to have a region game this week and, and, and get and get a big win there. But I, I think, you know, anybody that knows Division Two Triple A football, you know, is the best in the state as far as competition. Um and, you know, to, to have the opportunity to be a, a six and four team and not make the playoffs, that's tough. But you know, you look at the, the other side and you look at right now they're battling for the for who's going to make the playoffs in in the in the East Middle, and you very well could have an Endsworth or a Brentwood Academy team or a Knoxville Catholic team not making the playoffs either. So I think that says something that you've got every team in the region every week. It's it's running the gauntlet. I mean, it's 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 great competition every each and every week, and that's just how it is. That's how this region's always been, and it's only gotten stronger. So, um, but from our standpoint, from our program, you know, we can't worry about those things. We're going to control what we can control, and what, what we're doing, I think, is building a program that has now become very competitive in this region. And that's something that can't be said for a newer school, a newer Catholic school, um, and very excited about where we're at.
0: Now, take us to St. Benedict's. You guys obviously get on the buses, make a trip. It's it's a haul of a trip that you're going to make. But uh, what have you seen from them, and what are you expecting come Friday night in this contest? So,
3: again, you know, I I don't expect anything but a good football game. Uh, You know, they're – their roster numbers are down, I think, a little bit this year, but um, and they've struggled a little bit in their region competition. Um, but you look at them on paper, and they've got some good personnel. Uh, they've got a you know a quarterback that throws the ball very well. He's a big kid, runs well. They've got a 6 200-pound receiver that that is is a player. Um, they've got an all-region linebacker from last year that's back. Um, some big some big linemen. Um, like I said, a lot of their guys play both ways, being a smaller roster, but. Um, We expect a good football game, Um, you know, so our kids have, I think, prepared very well this week. They understand it's going to be a business trip going down there and, um, you know, and and I expect them, you know, in the last game of the year for them, you know, I expect, especially with our senior group, um, to leave it all out there on the field. So I'm excited for them. I'm excited for the opportunity to end the season on a positive note and um, really build momentum as we continue to build the program into next season.
1: You say end the season on a positive note, uh, but throughout the season, it, it seems like, the schedule was kind of a Jekyll Hyde kind of situation. You, sure. can, you know, you got like you do a centennial last week. It's a blowout yeah. win, and right. it's almost the competition was even there. Right. And then next week you're playing the absolute dogs of Tennessee. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, how has that been throughout the season?
3: Well, I think, I mean, like I said, I, our, our region is our region. I mean, you look at – you look at all these teams, and you know, our, our out of region games. You know, was Father Ryan's an out of region game? You know, who's a team? They're a Division two large team that, that that is a good football team. I mean, their record might not show it, but they they still have some good players. They're well coached. Um, you know, Lipscomb Academy was a was a was a game for us. It's an out of region game, obviously. Um, they're on the up and up and doing a lot of good things over there. Um, you know, and Centennial, I mean, we look at Centennial. Yeah, it was a forty one to seven win, but traditionally, I mean, that's a six A football team, a big school. Uh, a lot of players there and a lot of talented players there so you know i i think the, the real difference here it shows you what, what this region is and um it, it shows you it's different it's different from a lot of aspects um and you know if but I, our kids you know come to JP2 obviously they come there for a top-level education first, and be able to come to a faith-based school, a Catholic school like JP2, where you're able to share that is something pretty unique and special. And um, and obviously the uh, the teachers and the administration at second and none as far as the type of education and when they're you know what our test scores show and everything. You know, four years of high school, there's a lot of life beyond that, and we want them to leave there um, prepared. Um, and it's it's not about just these four years. I think these four years for us are, are, are building blocks to get these young men prepared for life and um, that's what we do and you know I think it's been fun seeing the culture of our program build build and grow alongside our school and alongside all a lot of other aspects that our school's doing that it's pretty special. So um,
1: I wanna I wanna know about the do you enjoy the challenge of this of that region?
3: Absolutely. I mean I think I think any competitor or coach is gonna tell you they want a challenge and um, to see you know I've been at the school um, going on 10 years in january um, so to see where it's where it was and where our program was and you know it was there are some bleak times there where it was region games were running clocks every game you know every single game in the region that's what it was to getting it to where we are now where the expectations certainly rise which is which is a good thing um, and now this now we're having winning records and we're right there on the brink of being in a position to to being in the playoffs and being able to compete for championships and those things, I think that's, um, you know, we're working towards that. Um, but it's certainly a work of progress. You know, culture, those things aren't aren't built overnight. It mm-hmm. takes years to build that the right way. Um, you know, you can have some short-term successes, I think, along the way. But to build a long-term, firm product with a firm foundation, it's going to take some time to do. And I think each and every year we're making progress towards that. And that's just not just the wins and losses. That's culturally, too, I think, looking from the inside out and what we're doing with our program with our kids um, the type of kids they're becoming, um, you know, the type of students they're becoming mm-hmm. um, and the type of young men they're becoming. Um, and that's, to me, more exciting than anything is watching these guys when they come back three, five, ten years down the road and they come back and saying what type of what type of husbands they are, you know, what type of friends they are, what type of professionals they are and what they're doing with their lives. And, you know, a lot of it and then they'll tell you has become as their firm foundation of a school like JP2. So it's it's been um, it's a unique place and a special place to be for sure.
1: I mean, it, it shows though, like you said, the culture that's been created there six and four and you're not making the playoffs. I mean, yeah, you know, yep. just, it shows you how tough it is over there, but also it's it just the culture that, it, like you said, it was bleak at one point, but now it's, it's brought in. Yeah, it's it is. It's on your back. It
3: is. And it's, it's, it's exciting. And like I said, it's, it's credit to a lot of people, a lot of different, you know, people working towards this. Like I said, you know, our coaching staff one, but our administration, um, our faculty, everybody trying to build something special together. and, And we've had the most support we've ever had. Our student body, Um, has been tremendous this year Um, you know that MUS game that second two overtime game they're they're running our whole student sections following the ball up and down the stands through the parents (laughs) through everything it was fun to watch and it's never been like that that type of atmosphere and that excitement for our football program has not always been that way and it's um, it's grown to, to be better and better every week and it's exciting.
0: Now coach I've got to ask you this obviously not making the playoffs this being the final game. Sure, sure. Do you go into this final game knowing it is the final game, looking towards next season and maybe getting some playing time for some young guys in this (laughs) game that will be what you think to be foundational pieces or important pieces? I think we'll
3: go into it like any other ball game and we want to go into it and I think we've had a great week of practice and um, you know, uh, I, I think, you know, obviously our senior group, we've got a lot of core pieces that are in that class. So those, those guys will continue to do what they do. Um, but at the same time, I think naturally, to answer your question, yes, I mean, we're already doing that. We've done that throughout probably towards most of the season start. We have some youth in there, too. I mean, we have been starting three sophomore offensive linemen most of the season um you know we've had some injuries there you know obviously Antoine Roberts was out for two of our key w- region games he was out and we we're still right there um that, that's one piece and that's got it's probably gonna be another th- you know thousand yard rusher after missing what three games so
2: that's um,
3: <laughs> you know it, he's he's a special kid but it's not just him there's a lot of guys um so yeah I mean there'll be there's some freshmen traveling with with us this week as well that are gonna have some opportunities so so, yes, to answer your question, probably a mix of both. Yes, I think some guys will get some opportunities, but we're going to this no different, um, like I said. Our, our our process is not looking ahead. We're going to look at the thing and what we have in front of us, and that happens to be a St. Benedict team and happens to be the last game, but we'll look at it no different as a preseason game or a regular season game or a rivalry game. It doesn't matter.
0: Coach, thanks for taking the time to be with Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. As coach. always. Appreciate and, you guys uh, very much. We'll, we'll let you get to your food, and we'll see you again next week to talk about the final week of the season. Perfect. Thanks, right. guys. Absolutely. Let's bring Coach Mike Flatt up here. Freshman head coach from Hendersonville and offensive and defensive line Coach or uh, assistant? I guess we'll let you get his headset on yeah. here. And
1: this is uh <laughs> this is hands down. I think Joe's favorite coach is it really? <laughs> no, <laughs> I did. well, now, you're a little older than Joe. You yeah. guys didn't play together. I, I, know, I coached
4: though. Joe when he was 11 years old. Okay, at the park. so that's <laughs> what he did.
1: Yeah, he, yeah. he talks about it every week. He talked. He actually says uh, one of Hendersonville's best players to come out of Hendersonville.
4: Well, I don't know about that. He, he'd probably be one of those guys.
1: <laughs> well, it's got to be high honor coming from Joe. Yeah, it does. Uh, it
4: means a lot. It's uh, pretty funny seeing Joe now. Um, from one, he was when he was 11 years old because he, right. he was quite the specimen then. Um, and it's just cool seeing how he's developed and, and the great things he did playing at the school and playing at Vanderbilt. Um, it, it was just wonderful to see. But that's, that's high praise coming from him, so I appreciate that.
0: Well, now, he slimmed up a little bit. He does. He looks a lot bigger. Days. You
4: should have seen him when he was 11. <laughs> <laughs> he looked like me. Is yeah. you saying? <laughs> he, he always talks about it. I told him uh, one of the first days when, I, when he played for me, I was like, you're never going to play offense. <laughs> like, I was like, "You're only gonna play defense." He and took he, that as a he remembers right? that. He told yeah. me like a week ago, so "I'll never forget you saying that."
1: <laughs> well, let's talk about the season so far from your standpoint. So you, you're now going into week ten, uh, week eleven, whatever you want to say. But it's a region championship game, uh, and and how you got here. So how how has the season gone from your standpoint?
4: Well, I mean, I think this team is battle tested. You know, we've you know we had a rough patch there in the middle where kinda of, we couldn't get out of our own way and um sometimes when that thing's happened, you know, it builds character in a team and um when you get towards the end and, and we find ourselves in this position where we can play for a region championship, you know, we've been through the down times, you know, and I and I think we feel like that we've got an opportunity here to right some wrongs and um, accomplish something that you know, when you get together in the summer and you start working out, the first thing you say, "What we want to do for the season is we want to win the region." That's the first goal. Yeah. So um, it's on the table now, and 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 no better time now to go get it. You know.
1: Well, catching fire at the right time too. Yeah. Right now, when mm-hmm. you talk talk about Rossview last week and how that team just as a whole seemed like everything was clicking finally.
4: Yeah. You know, I know y'all talked about it over Logan getting going. Um, that was huge. He hadn't go. You know, he was kind of hurt at the beginning of the year. And um, getting him going and, and getting Ellis a touch, touchdown because he's kind of been out mm-hmm. part of the year. Um, and, and getting a lot of turnovers, you know, getting, getting some confidence on the defensive side. You know, they gave us some turnovers there at the beginning of the game, but we forced those turnovers. And, you know, we were there. We put ourselves in the right position, and uh, we made the plays we needed to. So that was a big game to get some confidence. You know, it was, a, it was an ugly night. Um, we could have came out flat. There wasn't a whole lot of people there. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a whole lot of emotion in the place. It was and, very quiet. And, and, That's and, what I was talking about off yeah. air.
1: You could hear the coaching set. I was on Rossview's side, obviously, from the broadcast. So, right. I mean, you were too, actually. Yeah. So you could you could hear the Rossview coaching set yeah. on the field uh-huh. in the press box. We were talking
4: about that in the booth that, you know, we were yelling out adjustments from the <laughs> press box. We're like, they could probably hear us, what we we're saying <laughs> on the sideline. So, you know, games like that, you know, you could come out, especially being the road team. You know we've had some some trouble. You know we've had some issues this year. A team would come out flat and not get it done, and they didn't do that. And um, it's really encouraging to see. And I feel like they've had a real good week of practice this week. Um, they know what what the opportunity is in front of them, and they're uh, they're excited. You know it's been fun. Like you know, coach said I'm the freshman coach, so I kind of just started joining in a couple weeks ago once my season ended. You know, we practice beside them every day. I see them every day, but just the past couple of weeks, I've really gotten to get hands-on with them, and uh, get to know some of the players a little bit better, and see the way they work every day. And I feel like they've had a good week of practice, and, and they're excited, and uh, they're looking forward to what's what's ahead.
0: You mentioned being the freshman coach, season over for freshmen throughout. Tell us about some of the freshmen that you had this year that are going to be names that people will be hearing about for the next two, three years with the Commandos.
4: Yeah, we've we've got a few good ones coming up. Um, we got a we got a tailback. He actually played quarterback for us at the end of the year. His name's Steven Mack. Um, he in six games, I think he had over eight hundred yards rushing, and he's played fullback the first three and quarterback the last three. Um, just a great kid. We call him a. I call him a thirty-five-year-old, fourteen-year-old. He. He. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't ask for a harder worker. A. Uh, he gets it. You know. He yeah. shows up every day. He works harder than everybody. Uh, he comes out to the varsity practices every day after school now, and just to be there and be around it. Um, his brother is a is a junior on the varsity team, Stevie Mack, one of the linebackers. So we're looking forward to seeing the way he develops. Um, I got we got a lineman, Kyle Duvall. Uh, it's probably a name you're going to hear in the next couple of years. He uh, he was my center and uh, defensive tackle. Um, probably one of the strongest kids on the entire varsity team as a freshman, and he's only 14 years old. He just turned 14. Um, 6'2", big kid, and, and just a good kid, good athlete, um, well built, and, and I think he's going to be a good one too. Um, we got another tailback, Prince Vance Jr., um, he uh, he had a great year for us. He played a uh, linebacker and tailback and a little bit of DB at the end, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing what he can do too. We had some good players. Um, we ended up two and four in the year. We had a couple games where it could have went one way or another. Uh, we played Mount Juliet the first game, who they went undefeated, and uh, we scored on the last play of the game, went for two to win it, and got stopped on the one inch line. So, you know, seeing the way they went on and they won, they beat every team that beat us. Um, we had a couple couple rough patches in the middle, and uh, you know, as the coach, I'm going to take the blame for those. It was my first year as their, as their coach and as the head coach in a long time, so there's some things I could have done better. Um, but the kids worked really hard, and, and they did everything I asked for them, and I couldn't, couldn't ask for anything more out of them.
1: Well, let's, uh, uh, let's talk about now more or less your history getting into commando football. Obviously a player. How did you get transition? We had Coach Winslow on uh, two or three weeks ago or so. Two weeks Before ago. the break. It was before yeah. the break. Uh, and, you know, he, he was a, a tight end uh, mm-hmm. in, this, in this league. Or not in this league, but in college. Did you play? Where did you play in college? Where did, were you a tight end? Because I feel like that's kind of the. <laughs> no.
4: I, uh, I played uh, when I was here. I played uh, offensive and defensive tackle. And uh, I went to Concord University in uh, Athens, West Virginia. Actually, Derek Kincaid had graduated last year. That's where he went. Um, And I played center there. Um, After my freshman year, I messed up my back and uh, had to quit playing. And the next thing I knew, I was running a Papa John's restaurant at 22 (laughs) years old. And I actually ran the Papa John's here in town right down the street for seven years. Oh, wow. And uh, after... You know, for five, six years, got tired of it, and, and what I always wanted to do was be a teacher and coach, so I made the leap, and I moved to Knoxville, picked up a couple degrees, and uh, came back home.
1: Wow. Oh, that's that's a journey. Yeah, it's an <laughs> interesting story. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> you don't find many
4: 35-year-old first-year teachers and first-year coaches. Um,
1: so this is your first-year teaching as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. So, I mean, what has it been like so far coming – I mean, that journey getting to this point, and now you're coaching on this team, and then you're also – you're coaching the
4: freshmen. Oh, yeah. I'm literally living a dream. Um, like I said, I coached Joe when he was 11. I coached at the park. Uh, my father was now the Titans program. It used to be the Hurricanes, mm-hmm. and he actually started that. Oh, wow. Um, long time ago when I was about four years old. So, I grew up in the park. My dad was a coach, and it was kind of always what I wanted to do. Um so when I when I went and made the leap and and got my degrees and and they had the opening here and Coach B's brought me on, um, I literally I told my team after our first win I was like I'm you literally I'm living a dream and it's because of you guys so it's it's been a blast um, and I can, I'm looking forward to the future for sure
0: and obviously it means a little more to you at your age oh, not absolutely. that you're old I'm a lot older oh, than yeah. you I I called games when you were playing so yeah. I remember the name <laughs> uh, but to Take the leap, as you said, become a coach at 35, first-year teacher, and do it at your school, Mm -hmm. your high school, where you grew up, played, starred, and and everything that goes into that.
4: Yeah, the first Hendersonville High School football game I went to was in 1988 uh, when they lost to Dixon County in the semifinals. Uh, My cousin played in that game. That's the first football game I remember watching, and from then on, all I ever wanted to do was be a commando. So, you know, my senior year, we went to a state championship, and that, that was, you know, obviously something I'll never forget. So it's near and dear to my heart. Um, the tradition and the way we do things is, is just something great to me. And, and it's so, so good to be a part of it again. And, and I truly understand how, how wonderful the tradition and how great this program is.
0: Now, you talked about you going to the state championship your senior year. You talked about the 88 team and you going. Two of the biggest names, yourself and one other, and you mentioned both of the games that those two played in. I think you know who I'm talking about, Dwayne Dotson. Oh, Dwayne Dotson, yeah.
4: <laughs> so my, my father coached Dwayne when he was in the park when he was a child. So I, I you know I know Dwayne, and actually Dwayne's uh, nephew was on my 2001 team. That went, He was a senior that year, Darnell Holt. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I was born and raised in the Hendersonville tradition, so it's, it's near and dear, and uh, we're just trying to continue it and, and get back to that level every year. Um, and it's been a blast. Like I said, I'm just literally living a dream, and 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 never, never a second, never having thought for one second. You know, why did I do this? You know, it's <laughs> it's 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 a blast, and I'm loving every second of it. Talk about. Oh, oh, I'm ahead. sorry,
0: uh, Dwayne. Of course, involved in high school football. He's coaching up at White House, not teaching there, but coaching there. Do yeah. you
4: do you keep in contact I, with him? I, honestly, I haven't seen him. probably since my senior year because he used to come watch us play because Darnell was playing. Um, and I haven't seen him. I know him and my dad used to have a really good relationship, and uh, I'm sure if they saw each other, they could, they could go back and reminisce because he coached them when he was in the Little League, too. Um, but, yeah, he was a great one here, man. That was that was a really good team in 88. And if they'd have won that game against Dixon County, probably won one the state championship. I think mean, they lost 10-7, to I believe it was, 14-7 to maybe.
1: So, Luke Manning, you, you've you been seeing Luke Manning now yes. for the season. Now he's getting his shots, as it mm-hmm. is on the varsity side of things. Talk about Luke Manning.
4: Well, you know, one thing I learned about Luke, you know, I'm the, I am the was a freshman coach, so we start practice about an hour, hour and a half after the varsity does, and we finish about an hour, hour and a half after varsity does. And every day after they get done with practice, we would see Luke and a receiver on the practice field until we were done with practice and after we were done with practice, and they were out there every single day without fail. So that alone shows you the kind of work ethic, the kind of kid he is, um and he's the type of kid that his teammates see it too they believe in him um they have a lot of confidence in him and and same with drew um but just for a young guy like him to do that every day i think that speaks volumes to the to the kind of work ethic he has and the kind of kid he is and the kind of leader he's probably going to be um just really impressed with him um so i'm looking forward to seeing what he can do in the future
0: coach I know your meal just got brought in here. We don't want it to get too cold. We thank you so much <laughs> oh, for taking time you. to be with us. Pleasure to actually meet you yeah, after absolutely. after <laughs> watching you uh, as a player all those years ago. Gosh, I'm dating myself. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, cool. I appreciate absolutely. it. Thanks so yeah, much. Yeah, we'll coach. see you guys. We'll,
1: we'll see you Friday. Yes, sir. And it'll be a big one. Friday. Hey, you got it right. Yeah, yeah. It's Friday. I know. I actually a uh, uh, guy, a former commando player, uh, Fernando Valentine. Valentine. I, I can always get his name wrong. I think uh, he was commenting on the Facebook live and. Uh, uh, was asking about you know what what does it take for Hendersonville to get into the playoffs? It's they're going to be in the playoffs it, if they win. They win the region and then also it's a. I told him actually I told him it was a, a Thursday night game. Just I did as, all, as, I, just as game. I covered myself, I ended up. But it's actually a Friday night game. It's a Friday night game.
0: Coach Chad Watson joins us now, and Coach I on purpose saved you for last tonight. I got you. Uh, obviously the game of the century as some called it the, a big game i don't know what it, it was a huge game it was a incredible crowd it was a atmosphere that you want in high school football unfortunately you came up four points short
5: yeah we did and um can't thank this community enough uh, the gallatin community for coming out and supporting our kids um amazing environment best football environment i've ever got to coach in um i know our kids were extremely excited and fed off the energy that they had um like you said, it was a really, really good football game, two hard-nosed football teams going at it, and we came up a little
0: bit short. Now, this week, as you come back to practice, how has – I won't say attitude, but uh, I guess demeanor maybe would be the, a good word. How have the kids responded to that loss and the adversity uh, of coming back to practice and looking at and saying, okay, we've got an 0-9 football team coming in this week?
5: Um, our focus has been on us. I think our kids have responded really well. Um, we met with the kids on Friday. Uh, we watched the game film. We put that game behind us. We handed out sweats and um, just talked, told our guys that this is a pivotal point in the season. Um, we got Glencliff this week, but we're going to take this week as an opportunity to work on us, build on us. And uh, we told them all year, we want to be playing our best football when the playoffs start. And I, I still think that's possible. Um, these kids have been nothing. But honestly, I told them, that's what I've been telling them all week. Like I've never had so much fun coaching kids um i'm gonna do everything i can do and i'm challenging you guys to do everything you can do to make this last as long as we possibly can because it's a special group it's a good group of kids
0: now you mentioned friday watching the film as a coach did you watch it one time with the kids and put it away or have you gone back through it and, and watched it more than once um honestly
5: i didn't leave the field house i don't think till like two thirty thursday night i watched it a couple times by myself and with some of the coaches uh Watched it again a little bit on Friday. Then we watched it as a team, and I hadn't watched it since. I I challenged their kids. I'm like, I don't want to hear anything about Beach from this point on. Uh, I don't want anybody looking ahead towards the playoffs because nothing's guaranteed. Um, We just got to focus on us, and our driving factor has got to be Gallatin and nothing else.
1: Well, let's look at it then coming up next week. Glencliff coming in. Uh, Greg shared with me that 29 players on their active Mm -hmm. roster. How do you keep – well, how do you keep them from keep looking at the playoffs in this situation?
5: Um, just focusing on us. Well, we, we film every single rep of practice. So uh, we're fortunate with the way our schedule set up that we get to meet, like almost like a college program. We spend at least 20 minutes offense, 20 minutes defense, 15 minutes special teams every single day looking at the previous practice. So we're critiquing our guys, coaching our guys as if it's a camp setting and we're just looking for improvement with us.
1: And so we're now looking at Glencliff, what do you see from Glencliff coming
5: in? Um, obviously, they've been through some struggles. They've struggled at times. They've got some kids that um, have endured the season. They've worked hard. they got some athletic kids. Um, just like anything else, we want to show up,
0: play the best brand of football that we can, and uh, go from that point. Now, you have uh, been part of something a little bit different. It's not every game that you feed – the opposing team. But right. obviously four weeks ago, I guess now we didn't know if we were going to have a week 10 ga- or a game 10 uh, because of Glencliff and the situation where they shut down the program, restarted the next day right. because these kids came in and said, Hey, we want to finish this, what we've started. So, Kind of take us through what's going on and what you guys are going to do with Glencliff Friday night after the game.
5: Um, I reached out to some of our administration let them know that I think we ought to do something to kind of reward those kids for enduring the season um, and sticking with it when a lot of people in this day and time would fold up, shop, and quit. Um, so the idea was brought forth, and I think our band actually jumped on board and maybe had the same idea, and they're actually going to feed the kids for Glencliff. Uh, the band runs our concession at Gallatin High School, and they're going to pack some extra meals and stuff for the kids to have on the way back to the game. So it's just kind of our way of saying hats off to them for sticking with it.
0: So it's not something where the Gallatin squad and the Glencliff squad no. will sit down together. It's just here's something to take with you. Yeah, Thank yeah. you for, for sticking it out, as you said.
5: Yeah, that's pretty much it.
0: Health-wise, obviously you had a couple people dinged up during the course of the game. What's the situation uh, with that health-wise going in? Other than obviously we know about Briscoe and Sullivan who are still out.
5: Um, I think we we came out pretty healthy. Um, we're still monitoring Briscoe. I'm not really sure of his time t- time frame. I think he actually goes to the doctor tomorrow and getting a follow-up x-ray to kind of see how his foot is healing and stuff like that. But besides that, um, we may have a few guys that aren't dressed that we're kind of resting and protecting their body and getting ready for the playoffs and giving some other guys some opportunity to make some plays Friday night.
0: Now, I know when I came into your office Monday, Monday, mm-hmm briggs and briscoe were in there and i asked isaiah about the foot he said i'm playing in the first round of the playoffs that's his opinion that may not quite be the way it plays out
5: we're we're all positive and hopeful that he can get back and uh just to have that kid to have a chance to get some more reps and action on the field but uh montez banks has done a good job he's doing everything we've asked him to do and you can see i can see the improvement that he's had this week in practice just from monday to wednesday so i um, excited about her kids. I just want to see him out there
0: playing with us again. Now, you didn't throw the football that many times against Beach, and if you look at Montez's stat line for the game, it didn't look impressive, but he deserved a better fate. He put three passes on hands of receivers that were unable to pull them in. His yeah. numbers should have been better. That might not have changed the outcome of the game, might right. not have affected anything, but certainly from his standpoint – frustrating when you do your part, you put the ball there, and you have guys that just can't complete the catch on the other and end. And I'm
5: sure it is, but you can never tell from his body language he's upset with a teammate or anything like that. He, he just keeps doing what we ask him to do. And uh, Yeah, you're right. I mean,
0: the stat line doesn't do justice to how well he's played for us. Defensively, in that ball game, it was, as you said, two teams going at it. Uh, physical football game, but what a bunch of talent that we yeah. saw out there from both teams. As I was saying earlier, I know you heard me talking about Sumner County. We could put together a pretty good football team yeah. uh, from the kids in this county, and obviously you've seen Beach, Station Camp, Hendersonville. Uh, yeah. We could take kids from the others, but a- am I crazy in saying that?
5: No, you're not at all. I mean, Sumner County's got some top-notch athletes and really, really good kids. That One thing I've learned from coming here – um, in Montgomery County, you may have two or three kids that absolutely love football on your football team. I feel like I got a football team full of kids that love football and they want to be at football. So that's that's a good thing. And I don't think Gallatin's the only school in this community or in this county that's that way. Um, so yeah, we can put together a really really good football team.
1: I want to ask one que- one question, just a personal one, really. Yeah. Uh, how did you handle the first loss? As a Galatin coach,
5: I uh, take ownership of it. Uh, there's things that I got to do to put our kids in better situations to win. Um, their effort's amazing; they do everything we ask them to do. Um, I got to get more creative uh, with with our guys and put them in situations to help them out. So, yeah, take ownership ownership of it and move on from it, not dwell in it. Because I told our guys, and I know we're a long ways off from this, but if you look in five A over the last 15 years. There's been four, five teams that's been perfect. (laughs) I mean, the ultimate prize is still out there. we just got to worry about us and get better week in and week out.
0: And you said the same thing post-game to Bobby on the sideline, and it's my fault. I needed to do, like you said here, uh, pretty much the same thing. I've got to do better putting them in positions to Mm -hmm. be able to do this, but yet you still come up for a point short. That's got to be encouraging all the way around that even (coughs) though it's a loss, it's – still a building block, I feel like.
5: Yeah, I mean, it, it isn't like we went out and lost to a bad football team, and they're sitting number one right now in the AP poll. A lot of people had them preseason picked to win the state championship, and we competed. I mean, it's not like, well, we could have kept it. No, we, we were up late in the game, and mistake here or there, and they capitalize, and they do a good job, and they find a way to win. If you look at Beach's scores, there's been other games, I mean, that... They had an opportunity to lose the game, but they just found a way to win, and that's what good football teams do, and that's what we got to do.
0: Well, and you had the football two and a half minutes left in Beach Territory with yep. an opportunity of your own, so it was still there at the end. For and sure. uh, I know you don't want to look that far ahead, but us old folks can look that far ahead and certainly hope that uh, we get to see three rounds of the playoffs yep. and that third yep. one being – Beach and Gallatin part two.
5: Yeah, whoever comes out of this quadrant between Region 5 and Region 6 to makes it to the semifinals is going to be a battle-tested football team. You look, I mean, there's five teams that I feel like, or maybe even six out of, out of those eight, that could end up in Cookville. And it's that good. I mean, Page is a really good football team. Chevyville is playing really, really good football. And same thing with Summit, who beat Independence earlier in the year. Uh, then I think us and Beach and obviously Hillsboro is always dangerous. So this really, really good football is getting ready to happen in this area. Coach,
0: get back to your meal, Uh, finish up your steak over there unless you want me to come help you. I'll be happy to do that.
1: Alright, well we're here at Demons' in Hendersonville and of course they have all of the, the fresh items and everything. If you haven't been down here, they revamped their menu. They did everything. They even changed. They went so far to show how fresh they were uh, that they they even changed what their their look, their, their color scheme. They are green all the way across the menu now because they want to show you that it is cooked fresh to order. It is a fresh meal that you are eating. It's not like we say it every week. You don't want to cook eat something that's been cooked 12 hours before and then just heat it up in a bag. You know what that is when they cook it in a a bag, Greg. Do you know that? That's a little trivia for you. What do they call that?
0: Microwave in a bag. Sous
1: vide. It is called sous vide when you cook. Is it that in a bag. French word? That is a French word. Yeah. Hey, I uh, good there guess. You go. Got half of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so you, you don't want You don't want to have that. So what you want to do is you want to have nice, fresh food. Well, they have that here, and then on top of that, they extended their happy hours. Uh, they have 24, uh, not 24/7 because they're not open 24/7. But as long as they're open, they have a happy hour here for you. So you need to come check it out uh, before you hit up Halloween. Before you get out there to the trick or treater spot, come on out here to is here in Hendersonville and check out that brand new menu because it has been uh, it, it's 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 lovely as we say in the in the food best in the food business I I, I dabble. I dabble in the food business and this is a place to come dabble in the food business for sure. We isn't? know. Here at Demas's <laughs> here in Hendersonville.
0: Susie missed that when I said we know. Yeah, I know he's got to say. It's the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> well, Don't worry. That's right. Okay, let's go through quickly here and make predictions on the game. Uh, you may not want to predict the Hendersonville Mount Juliet contest. We'll skip uh, that I'll one pre- for you I'll if you want. That, you know I'll well, predict it because Beach the, Hillwood, uh, let's go through that Beach obviously. That one, yeah. Beach Beach wins that football yeah, game, pick. I would think. I would be shocked if they didn't. And even if they were to lose that football game, they would still be region champion by virtue of the head-to-head over Gallatin. Gallatin uh, hosting Glencliff. Gallatin wins that football game. Wilson uh, Central, Station Camp. It's at Station Camp, Wilson Central, I think, wins yeah, yeah. there. I
1: mean, it's just it's bad over at Station Camp. Yeah. Uh,
0: Pope John at St. Benedict's. I'm going to take Pope John in that one. I think they finished the season strong there yeah. in that contest. Your get thoughts first, on that one?
1: Get their first region win, uh, you know, and it'll be good for those guys to send off like, like Rory White and uh, some of those other starters that, that you know, the season didn't finish out how they wanted.
0: Westmoreland travels to Cascade. I'm taking Westmoreland.
1: Yeah, I'll go with Westmoreland on that one. they got to finish strong.
0: Whitehouse, I think they get to 5-5 five and five on the season, defeating Greenbrier. Whitehouse ahead of Greenbrier in the standings. I'll take the Blue Devils. I'll go with that, too. And uh, Creekwood at Portland. I'm going to take Creekwood. Unfortunately for Portland, I think Creekwood is the number one uh, team in that region, and I think hard for Portland to, to win that one.
1: It's going to be hard for Portland to win. They need to win. It's a it's a must win, and you keep playing. Which sometimes I think that puts a little bit more of that monkey on your back. I think I'd like to. Ch- I'm going to go with Portland in this one. I think All they're right. going to find the edge, and I think the weather is going to be that uh, you know that even playing ground for everybody.
0: The big one, Mount yeah. Juliet at Hendersonville.
1: It's going to be a bloodbath. <laughs> I really, I do believe. It. I don't think this is going to be a pretty game. I, I, think it's going to be a punch in the mouth both ways. I think it's going to be a lot more like how Gallatin Hendersonville, or sorry, Gallatin, uh, uh Mount Juliet, Gallatin, oh, okay. Mount Juliet, how that went seven to zero. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be on the back of the defenses. Whoever's going to break first, and I, I, I obviously the side of me wants to go Hendersonville, but I'm. It is a worrisome. Two years, two years in a row they beat. Hendersonville here, once uh, at Hendersonville, once at Mount Juliet to move forward. Three is the perfect number for Hendersonville this year. It's it's just got to – everything's got to fall right. But Hendersonville, if they continue, I want that – you know, I'm, I'm trying not to be a homer. That's right. what I'm trying uh, yeah. not to be. But it, try you know, to
0: be fair and balanced. And, exactly.
1: Yeah. Um, and, you know, and if, if Hendersonville can continue what they did against Rossview, and, then, and I'm not uh, – just because of that win, that was the first time I saw Hendersonville click on all cylinders. It was everything was working in their favor. Uh, and they made Ross Rossview look like a bad team, which they really aren't as bad. That team was going into 5-4 and four record coming into that game last week. Uh, so I, I, think, I think Hendersonville finds the way to it. If they can continue what they have been doing, but if they slide back how they did in that midweek, midseason stretch, I don't think they beat Mount Juliet because that's going to be a tough opponent.
0: Mount Juliet coming off a loss last week to Oak Ridge in a big ball game in that one. Uh, obviously as you said Hendersonville's kind of struggled at times this season. I'm going to take Mount Juliet just because they've won the last two and as you said we don't know which Hendersonville team comes out. Could it be the, the team that played well last week and dominated at Rossview? Could it be uh, the team that struggled in those three games in, in the middle of the season. Or like against the Gallatin.
1: That, I mean, that was, a, that was the vastly different Commando's team when they played Gallatin than what we saw against Rossview. Now they were without a couple pieces that are main pieces, but still, I mean, this is a team that once they once everything clicks, and just like in the postseason in baseball, right, if you catch fire near the end of the season, that is the best time to catch fire, and we'll, we'll hope that Rossview, that game, sparked something for the Commandos. Well,
0: I'll take Mount Juliet until, and and hopefully Hendersonville wins, don't get me wrong, but until they kind of get over that hump, kind of like Gallatin Beach. Beach has defeated Gallatin eight years in a row now, so until Gallatin gets over that hump, you kind of have to favor Beach, and I think uh, same thought process here for me uh, with this one, Mount Juliet over Hendersonville. But doesn't take anything
1: that you're a Mount Juliet It has nothing to do with it.
0: (laughs) I have no loyalty to Mount Juliet, even though I went to school there. I was only there for three years. I moved there (laughs) from Clarksville. Coach – Watson was at Clarksville Northeast. I was at Clarksville Northeast. uh, Grew up in Clarksville, so uh, have still have friends with Mount Juliet connections. Still, uh, Chris Fryer, the girls' basketball coach over at Mount Juliet. He and I graduated together, so I've got some friends still involved over in Mount Juliet. But uh, nothing to do with homerism on that pick whatsoever. I've picked against Mount Juliet several times, but uh, what I said there is where my thought comes from until Hendersonville gets over that. Hump against them. And uh, because they've been Jekyll and Hyde this year, we just don't know who's going to come out of that. Obviously, a lot to play for for both teams in this one. That will do it for us. Thanks to Demas's restaurant here for all of their uh, fine hospitality and fine food. Coach Watson's still over here eating away on his steak. I'm going to go over and join him until he stabs me with his fork. We will see you Friday night for all Sumner County football action. You can listen on the Sumner County. Uh, network, whinradio.com, to the internet broadcast, and, of course, the Gallatin game versus Glencliff live on WHIN 100.7 FM, 1010 AM. And then we'll be back here one week from tonight to do this one more time. For Zach Williams and all the coaches here and across Sumner County, I'm Greg Arias, and we'll see you on Friday night. Good night, everybody.